Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Game over! Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Oilers fans, this holiday season... There is a lot to celebrate. And Temperance Spirits has you covered, curating the best non-alcoholic beverages to keep the party going into the new year. As a small Edmonton-based business, Temperance is rooted in community and bringing people together. Available online, enjoy fast local delivery to your doorstep in the greater Edmonton area. Whether you're hosting this year's holiday party or looking for the perfect gift, Temperance Spirits is your go-to source for celebrating without the buzz. To make your holidays brighter, order your favorite non-elk drinks at www.temperance-spirits.com and score a festive 15% off with the discount code SDPN. This season, let the Temperance Spirits online store be your secret to scoring a merry and festive celebration. You can stay connected with them at at Temperance Spirits on Instagram and Facebook. Yo, 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 yo. What is up, people? Game over. Edmonton is on the air. It's your boy Avery here. The Oilers win once again. Once again, they're victorious. And once again, y'all, they're going streaking. A massive two points picked up in California as Edmonton knocks off the Kings 3-2 in the shootout. How you doing? Welcome back. Hope you're all having a fun and safe and enjoyable Saturday evening or a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Because, hey, right now, in some parts of the world, it's New Year's Eve. They're getting ready to say goodbye to 2023. Like we soon will be here on SDPN. It's my last show of 2023. Next time you see me here on the set work will be in 2024 as a 31-year-old. As my birthday falls on New Year's Day. So you'll see me again in the new year on SDPN. But a lot to get into fun game and you know what first of all I gotta say this much about Edmonton and LA boy as much as there's a lot of back and forth banter between these two teams we see the chippiness on ice we see the animosity 
I love the fact that these two teams are in this area now true rivals. I love it. I'm a massive fan of how LA at Edmonton over the years here, again, playoff series, heightened attention, have become true, I guess, mostly enemies right now. I like it. I love it. We've seen their battles over the postseason over the past couple of years here. And again, how much fun would it be, I guess, depending on who you are, if we saw round three in this era of Edmonton, L.A. in either the first or the second round? I'd be down. I would absolutely be down. Not sure most of the chat would be down, but <laughs> I would be all for it. I would all be for it. And in this game here, in the Staples Center, sorry, sorry, Crypto.com Arena, let's get that right. Crypto.com, the crypt. This is a game in which it was all LA early on in the first period. This was a game in which LA had the pressure on the Oilers for most of the first period, and Edmonton didn't even get five shots on net in the first. That was a period in which LA dominated things in many aspects to get things going. And I see here in the chat, oh, we got, oh, everybody's rolling, yo. First of all, it's Saturday night. And y'all are here with me watching game over on a Saturday night. So, you know, I think I appreciate that as we end the show here. As we end things here on SDPN. I see you got the usuals here. Uh, MGD. We got Travis, Mickinator, a whole bunch of the usuals here. Already talking. Already here. Already here. Um, getting things going in chat. I love it. It's a fun thing to see. But yeah, that first period I mentioned up top here. L.A. dominated things. You saw Kim Fiala get the goal. And again, we talk about uh, the Kings being familiar. Familiar name starts scoring off Kim Fiala. He gets things going. Beat Stuart Skinner. And that was a period in which, again, like I said, Edmonton struggled to really get anything going in the King zone. That King's trap. The Tom McClellan trap has been a thing that we've seen him execute very well over the past few years here. It makes the games boring, and you know what? LA takes advantage of Edmonton mistakes. They get things going here, and we saw two zip game. Adrian Kempe blows one past Stuart Skinner, two nothing, and things did not look good early. Considering how this team looked against San Jose, this was a night and day start compared to how he looked against the San Jose Sharks. Not a good look against a team you are tracking down. In the Western Conference. Second period now. Uh, in the second. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. I know. I'm sure. People want to discuss it. Because we got to get out of the way right now. The Adrian Kempe interference call. With Raphael Lavoie. Uh, you know. I'm. I don't like to be on the officials. But that was strange. How does Raphael Lavoie get a penalty? Please, tell me in that situation, how does the penalty go towards an Edmonton Oiler? That, to me, was a very strange situation in terms of how that goes against Edmonton in that manner. But hey, Edmonton refereeing has been suspect for a very long time. And not just towards the Oilers, to many teams. Across the league, the officiating has been suspect. The officiating 
has been very strange. And like I said, I don't like to talk about that, but at a certain point, you it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how certain things get called. And what I hate is that, again, NHL officials are not held accountable for why they do a certain thing or why a certain call goes a certain way. There's no referee talking to a pool reporter in the NHL, which I think there should be. There's no two-minute report like there is in the NBA or MLS. That should be a thing in the NHL. A two-minute report or a report on calls that were questionable, you have to explain them to a reporter, like a home reporter, picked by someone on local beat. That is someone who I think you should be counting to for true transparency because too many times in NHL, we see little transparency on calls. And I think that's a very, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it hurts the league as a whole when calls like these are not explained and they happen over and over and over again. And it's not just to the Oilers, it's to every team in this league. I think it's an embarrassing look. It really is. It really is. I don't like it at all. So, with Edmonton, anyways, enough of that. I'm sure I'm sure chat will have their thoughts, but from my end, let's keep it, let's, let's keep it pushing. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Edmonton's offense, second period, wakes up from who else? Who else? Gets Edmonton back into this game, but Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, those two chip in to make it a 2-2 game and on game over. We've talked about before how it's been nice to see other guys step up offensively. Uh, the Ryan McLeods, Matthias Eckholms, the Evan Bouchards, other names. Zach Hyman's having a great year on pace to have 51 goals. But it's always reassuring when you see McDavid and Dreisaitl get a team back into the game and really give hope back into a team that looked a little bit down after that first period. You lead, when your top players show why they are in the top five in the NHL of, of top-tier players, it's good to see. And on the road as well, too. On the road, McDavid and Dreisaitl get to hard areas and tie this game up Tattoos is a thing that I love to see. Uh, <laughs> making a get rid of Batman. <laughs> That's a thing that we hear a lot. That is a thing that we hear a lot and we've heard for quite some time. But you know, and in this game, but again, and full credit to after those after those first two goals, I again, I again like the play of Stuart Skinner. I thought he settled down mightily in his net. I thought Stewart held things down, got those two goals out of the way. And again, don't want to burn Stewart out, but you're seeing more and more Stewart becoming more and more comfortable and working to be that number one goaltender, undisputed number one goaltender in that crease for Edmonton. I thought he, I thought the rest of the way he looked very cool, very composed, very collected. Um, within five feet, when LA did have some great chances. The Kings were buzzing around the Edmonton net. The Kings had their chance, but I, I again was impressed with the play of Stuart Skinner for the better part of more than 40 minutes here tonight. I'm sure everybody in chat is going to have their thoughts, so we'll get to more of those 
um, come the press conference, I see again. I'm glad the chat's buzzing on a Saturday night. I'm impressed. I'm happy. If you like the content here on Game Over Edmonton, please hit like, hit subscribe, share the word of all the videos. It's been a fun weekend here. I had a lot of content from Game Over NHL and on Game Over International. As you may have seen, we've had a lot of shows recapping Team Canada's games at the World Junior Championship. So we got a lot of content going free here at SDPN for Game Over, be it NHL and international action. So it's been fun seeing that happen uh, all throughout the week, the week here. And again, I mentioned Stuart Skinner. Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot as well, too, had a great game in net. We saw Cam Talbot face a lot of rubber his way, and Cam Talbot's found a way to turn back the clock for the LA Kings, be that stable goaltender that they've needed. Now, I don't know how long it's going to last for Cam Talbot, but hey, it is fun. I got to admit, ex-Oiler, it's been fun seeing Cam Talbot have this run he's been on for LA. LA. I wrote about it for the Hockey News. I wrote about, I wrote about the, the sustained success of Cam Talbot and Jonathan Quick in New York. Because hey, the NHL, the NHL is littered with guys over 35 rediscovering their game or finding a new life in net in a new market. So it's been cool to see uh, Cam Talbot rediscover that game as a member of the LA Kings. I thought Talbot himself had a great game as well too. So both goaltenders thought stepped up in this game. And again, um, third period, no scoring after the 2-2 goals. Third period, no scoring again. Edmonton did get a power play late. Only got one shot on that power play. So... LA survived the pressure there in that third period. We saw late Edmonton buzzing, try to take the lead. Game goes to overtime. And that OT, that was probably one of the more cautious overtimes you're going to see in the NHL. That was really an overtime in which neither Edmonton or LA wanted to make the first mistake. LA and Edmonton were really content in that overtime, resetting, bringing the, pack, bringing the puck back into their own zone, not taking a huge risk. And you know what? I don't blame either team playing that overtime a little bit cautious. We do see some teams every once in a while, especially against Edmonton, especially against the Oilers. If I'm LA, or if I'm most teams, I don't want to be in a track meet against the Oilers. I don't want to be in a track meet with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and even Evan Bouchard starting out overtime. I don't want to be in that spot where I'm tracking those guys down and we're now trying to get back on a 2-on-1 or a 2-on-0 or a 3-on-0. So it felt like the, the, la the back half of overtime, it was really two teams playing for the shootout. That's what it felt like in that overtime. It was two teams who couldn't wait to get to the shootout with a handful of chances here from each team, but it was really waiting it out for the best chance uh, for both teams. Sorry, I think I'm a little bit off center here. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of a lot of headroom here. I know we're trying to we're trying to work out a new setup here in the studio here. So forgive me if it looks a little bit off. We'll be better. We'll be better next time for the next show with the way the setup works here. We're always tinkering. 
here at Avery Manor to try and give you a better show. I mean, heck, the camera's improved this year. The camera late in the year has been upgraded, so we're going to try and keep working on that to make Game Over Edmonton looking much more crisp. But back to the overtime, it was one that, again, very, very cautious, goes to the shootout, which, for the record, I don't mind the shootout. I really don't mind the shootout. I've been a shootout guy since it began in 05, 06. I'm the kid. I'm the kid who loved seeing Mike Morrison become the shootout hero. I liked seeing Matthew Guerron have 15 shootout wins, and it's been ingrained in me to just like the shootout since then. I know it's probably going to be a lot of detractors in the chat, but I don't mind seeing games end that way still. But you know what? If you want to make OT 10 minutes and then go to a shootout, okay. No, no issues on my part. Because 10 minutes of 3-on-3, three three, not many games are going to go to a shootout then. Not many. Not many at all. I don't know. You know what? Let's got one comment here. Oh, interesting. Comment here, Travis. One comment. I do want to get to Travis' comment here. He prefers Nurse out there in overtime with McDavid and Dry. You know what? That has worked. That has usually been the trio for most overtimes. It has been McDavid, Dry, and Nurse. So it's interesting to see you. They went with Bouchard. Would Bouchard start off the overtime instead of Darnell Nurse? Interesting um, decisions from the bench, from Knobloch, and I'm sure input from Paul Coffey in terms of going with uh, Bouchard over Darnell Nurse in the overtime. And then shootout, shootout time. LA scores. LA scores. The first four, the first four shooters scored. You never see that or that's a rare thing that's a rare thing to get the first four shooters scoring somewhere along the line you get a save before that someone misses the net someone flubs something happens before you get that many goals in a row in a shootout so we get to uh four we get to that happening then carl uh grandstrom misses dry sidle misses we get a save from Kopitar. Kopitar um, is stolen by Skinner. And Derek Ryan. Old man Derek Ryan wins this for the Oilers in the shootout. Derek Ryan. Not a ton of experience. Not a ton of experience in the shootout, but hey, doesn't matter. Derek Ryan beats Cam Talbot. Edmonton's won four in a row. Looking to make it five to end the year. Well, they play Anaheim tomorrow night. Um, in Orange County, that show hosted by Dennis, Mr. Dennis, Dennis Lee will be hosting that show at the end of the year tomorrow night. And again, Edmonton streaking. <laughs> good, good signs, good signs to see. This, was this team is this team is going to have to have multiple runs of three, four, five wins in a row to catch up to Arizona and to catch up to Nashville because. Fact of the matter is, Arizona looks good. Arizona isn't falling off right now. You're gonna have to keep pace with the Coyotes. Arizona has looked scary good right now. I want to see them in the playoffs. I gotta admit, I gotta admit here, it would be fun to see the Coyotes team in a postseason series. I love Clayton Keller, Matthias Michelli, 
Connor Ingram. Those three guys are making Coyotes games fun to watch. And Jack McBain! Arizona is a fun team to watch. And they're going for it. So Edmonton is going to have to keep pace with them and Nashville to have a chance. Because that Western Conference right now, your best hope, I think, to be honest, is getting in through the wildcard spot as it stands right now. Things can certainly change. But we'll see. We'll see. I just think right now the targets for Edmonton to track down are Arizona and Nashville as opposed to getting into the Western Conference playoffs in the division. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So anyways, you know what? Let's go. Let's go to the press conference. Let's get into some of the questions, comments we have tonight before we wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. And, uh, yeah, again, any, any, any questions your way, fire them over. And I'll go through some of the comments here I did not get to uh, earlier. I see uh, Mickinator. <laughs> F the shootout. F, that's it. F the shootout. Keep it three on three for as long as necessary. You know, I, I think I, I could see the NHLPA having an issue with the shoot with the OT going as long as possible. I think you're gonna have to cap the overtime at a certain point because I don't see the players wanting an overtime to go forever and ever and ever on men if someone doesn't score. It's just me. I think it might be easier on the guys to have to have um, a level of stopping that because at least with a shootout, guys can recover to an extent in the shootout. So I don't think we're ever gonna have unlimited overtime. I could, I definitely could see a 10-minute overtime to reduce the shootout because that, that's a lot of going back and forth. At a certain point, you're going to have a team scoring by the 6th minute or the 7th minute of 3-on-3 three three OT. Somebody's going to score by then. You're, it's going to be super rare to go with a full 10 minutes and nobody scoring. It's going to be really, really rare. I don't think you can do overtime where it goes 20 minutes, 21 minutes, 22 minutes, no one scoring. If it does, everybody's going to watch that game. But you will get a lot of tired guys, especially on a back-to-back. I don't see it happening with team is playing a back-to-back and they have an overtime at 3-on-3 that goes super long. Example, say your say your example, your um, say you're Tampa or Florida, doing that Western Conference swing. 
you're playing Vancouver, you're playing Winnipeg, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Say, for example, you're Lightning. You go to a long through and through overtime that lasts 14 minutes. Then you got to play Edmonton next night. I, I don't see it happening. I don't. A fun idea, though. For chaos, for chaos sake, it would be fun. Would the league ever do it? No. <laughs> I don't see it happening. I really don't. But for chaos sake, I would love it. For chaos sake, it would be fun. <clears throat> uh, MGD. Who starts in that tomorrow? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Anaheim, I would put in Callum Pickard. I would, I would put Pickard, give you the rest um, to end the year. Put Pickard in against the Ducks. And then February 2nd, put Skinner back against the, uh, against the Flyers. An important game there. Put him against Philly. I think Pickard can will sell quite well uh, against Anaheim Ducks to end the year. But I, again, I, I still think it still sounds like there's going to be another possible goalie coming in. Via trade, I know, I know. Um, Ken Holland was watching Olivier Rodrigue in Bakersfield. So, if not a trade, we I don't rule out, don't entirely rule out Olivier Rodrigue playing in Edmonton at some point this year. At some point, I could see him backing up Stuart Skinner. I could definitely see him at some point being the solution if Jack Campbell continues. To struggle in Bakersfield. I think Roderick definitely can, will get a sniff at Edmonton at some point. When? That's to be determined though. That is to be determined in terms of when you could see Olivier Roderick in Edmonton. But I do think he will make a debut here in the uh, NHL. <clears throat> yeah, and talking about Jack, guys. Travis, they have not, but no. It sounds like, it sounds like um, Travis Roderick eventually will get called up. It sounds like reading the tea leaves and hearing what's rumblings. It sounds like Rodrigue will eventually be an NHL goaltender this season. But yeah, common. Yeah, MGD. It's uh, it's genuinely it's not fun. As much as yes, we do comment on Jack Campbell's game and how he has struggled. It's not fun. I I take no fun in in see, in seeing Jack Campbell. Struggle to be any goaltender. It's not fun. It's very upsetting to see this guy who whose confidence, for the most part, looks shot. This is a guy who we talked before on the show that, yes, he's been up and down. He's played great in, in certain moments, and he struggled. But the fact that he is struggling to be a quality AHL netminder, it's not fun. Like I feel bad for the guy. I genuinely feel bad for him that his game has been struggling this hard. It's not fun. It's not fun to sit talk about. It really isn't. And then and then the contract. And the contract that he was brought in on from Toronto, like, it wasn't supposed to go this way. Like, it really wasn't. No, it was not. And yeah. And yeah, go great guy MGD. Wonderful, wonderful dude. Wonderful dude. One of the first guys introduced himself to me in the locker room. One of the first guys, you know, I, when I first got on the beat, Jack Campbell, one of the first guys to introduce himself to me and say, hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Very, very good guy. I do like Jack as a person. That's right. Yeah. 
Miles, Miles, you're right. Confidence, it kills goaltenders. It does. It really does. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what the plan is right now at Bakersfield to get his game going right now. But it feels like a guy who, if he can't get wins together in the AHL level, what do you do? What do you do? Like, I don't want to see Jack Campbell in the ECHL. I really don't. I don't think anybody does want to see him play in the in the in the for a, the plot would be lost entirely. Like, but I do think that this is the last year of Campbell in the organization. I do think this summer it's going to be a year in which this team does cut ties with Jack Campbell, and it's unfortunate to say, but I don't see a year three of Campbell Edmonton happening. I really don't. I think the future is going to be for 24-25, Stuart Skinner and somebody else. Who? I'm not sure, but that is going to be a major thing to address for Jeff Jackson and his new GM hire, who is going to be a new person. It doesn't sound like Jeff it doesn't sound like Jeff Jackson's going to recycle a GM. It's probably going to be somebody new. It's going to I don't I don't think it's going to be some unknown NHL GM name. I think it's going to be an AGM. It might be someone fresh. I hope. I've said it before. I hope it's Eric Telski. I truly do. I truly do hope it's Eric Telski. So. But yeah, in a goal 10 situation, that point again. Yeah, I see. Pickard. Uh, Pickard against Anaheim. Stu against the Flyers. And then we'll see, we'll see what happens after that, because they got a few more. They have some big games coming up. Yeah, they have Ottawa coming to town. They have Toronto coming to town in the next in the, um in January. They got some big games coming up in January to get some points against against teams in both the Eastern and Western Conference. So either way, it's gonna be fun to see how the back the second half of the season goes for a team that is, yes, still very much in the thick of things for a wild card race. Still in very much in the thick of things. You guys mentioned Ottawa. Ottawa is a team in which Edmonton, you know, <laughs> I still think about the stands like, man, the new GM should have been Steve Stales. I can't help but think like, dang, that guy should have been the next GM. I was a huge fan. Like, I want to see how things can go in Ottawa right now. Again, a team that's fired their head coach, have an interim name there in Jacques Martin, and they have Alfie on the bench as well. Like, I want to see what Sales does next year because I think Steve is a very smart man. I had a chance to interact with Steve um, last year quite a bit when he would come to town with his work with the Oilers. And Steve Sales built a winner in the, a in the, OH, in the OHL with the Hamilton Bulldogs. He did a really good job turning Hamilton into a solid CHL franchise. So I want to see what Steve does with the Ottawa Senators um, going forward. Because I think he is a very, very smart man. <clears throat> Mickinator. Uh, you know, the next GM, and Jeff Jackson, for the most part, the Jeff Jackson regime, they've kept their, they've kept their cards closer to their chest in terms of who that next GM is. Like, of course, by now, by now, we would, we would see names start to leak out. But 
I can say for like I can say to you guys here in the chat, like this organization right now, the the Jackson regime, they're not like they're keeping things quiet. They're not letting it out. There have been no leaks. There's no rumors in terms of who really could be a GM name. I know the I know I know Dave Gani was a name that came out, but he's not, he doesn't want a job. He's not interested in the job of GM. But beyond that name, I've heard no one else. I've heard no one else coming out yet. I do think end of the year you will hear names coming out later on, eventually. But right right now, the Jackers you kept it pretty quiet in terms of who the next GM is going to be. But, yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be a recycled name. Seeing, ja seeing how Jackson works, I do think it's going to be someone fresh, a first-time GM, an AGM, just someone who's forward-thinking. A forward-thinking GM is what this team is going to need after Ken Holland to keep the party going on the right track. But it'll be fun to see who that name is. Again, my, my suggestion, go out and get Eric Telsky from Carolina. That's who I feel should be the guy going in. Before I wrap things up um, here on Game Over Edmonton, I do want to point out, I do want to point out again, I, I want to point out that Raphael Lavoie, he's someone who I want to see a bit more of in the NHL. I want to see Raphael Lavoie. I know he was an emergency recall tonight, but I hope there's a way somehow to get in more games in, in the NHL level. I do think Raphael Lavoie is a guy who is going to have a bright future here. In the same way, you have to find a way to put Dylan Holloway back in the lineup when he is good to go again after the California road trip. I believe in Lavoie and Holloway. And another game, and we talk about guys who I feel bad for. Uh, Connor Brown. Connor Brown again. Connor Brown still searching for his first goal as Edmonton Oiler, and it's, I see him battling. I see Connor Brown battling, trying to get something to work, but this many games into a season, and he still has not scored, it's not a good look. It, it just is not. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to see him still held off the score sheet in the goals category. In we're almost we are one game away from entering 2024 and Connor Brown still has not scored a goal. That is troubling. That's very troubling. You know what? Maybe tomorrow night's the night. Maybe tonight we get a Connor Brown hat trick. Wouldn't that be fun? Anyways, I'm out of here. Game over Edmonton. That's a wrap. We're done. Thank you all for tuning in and watching me and our guests here in 2023. It'll be Dennis tomorrow night holding it down on the New Year's Eve episode of the show. We'll see you all again in the new year on my end. Enjoy tomorrow night. Stay safe. Be responsible. Have fun. Later. Yeah!